Hello there, this is Mark Bauerline with another conversation. Before we get to it, a word about one of our sponsors. Located in the foothills of Wyoming's spectacular Wind River Range, Wyoming Catholic College, an accredited four-year Great Books institution, is built on the ancient Western tradition of the liberal arts and the freedom of the American West. The college offers its students an immersion in the primary sources of the classical tradition, the grandeur of the mountain wilderness, and the spiritual heritage of the Catholic Church. Students experience the illumination of imagination and intellect through the great books and traditional disciplines, literature and philosophy, mathematics and theology, science and Latin, and an outdoor program second to none. The college celebrated an in-person graduation with its seniors last year and welcomed its largest freshman class ever this year. Learn more about the college's unique space in the world of American higher education at wyomingcatholic.edu. David Horowitz joins us again today. Uh, David, as I said before, is one of the, actually one of the most active intellectuals uh, on the right. Uh, on the right for the last 40 years, on the left for the previous 20 years. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. His many books uh, include actually a book that I think is one of the most significant memoirs of the 20th century, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it right up there. It's a very powerful book called Radical Son uh, that, I, that I recommend to people. He has a new book out called Final Battle. The next election could be the last. That will be our topic today. Welcome, David. Thank you. Without stepping on my new book, I wrote a sequel to Radical Son which is much more philosophical, but it's also personal and autobiographical, called Mortality and Faith. People want from me um, confrontational political books, so um, it's sort of got swept under the rug there. No, you, you do have a few one books. One of that... my best, best um, outings. Well, there is, I, I would say in Radical Sun, you have moments of meditative thinking and, and philosophical I examination. Did. But yeah, that, well, that was 1995, I, I think, around there. 97. And, uh, uh, 97. Right. And, and a lot of things have happened in your life since then. That's, uh, that's certainly true. Uh, actually, relative to your other books, let me begin by asking if this this begins with a discussion of the election and of the importance of elections, the nature of elections in a democracy. Is this the first time that you've turned in all of your political writings? I don't think I remember you talking about uh, the process of voting and elections. Am I am I wrong? I did write a book called The Enemy Within, which is about the Democrat Party, and there there is election. Uh, their election fraud in there. Okay, well, let, let's get to the immediate, uh, the immediate impetus for, for this book really is the 2020 election. And you review some of the, some of the episodes, uh, elements in, in that election. Do you want to tell us a few things about the 2020 election that yeah, stood out? That people people ask the wrong question. It's, it's thanks to the aggressive and mendacious Democrats that they do. Was the election fixed or not? Uh, actually, nobody knows and nobody can know because there was never an audit of the vote after the election and the evidence that Trump amassed was never looked at. Um, so that, that's an irrelevant uh, question. 
The relevant question is, did one party, the Democrat Party, uh, mount a massive campaign to make cheating easier? And the answer to that is unequivocally yes. In July of 2020, the Democrats sent out a task force of 600 lawyers and 10,000 volunteers to alter the election laws working with the Democrats in the, in the battleground states, in any state they thought they could win. And in doing so, they reversed <coughs> all the recommendations of the Carter-Baker Bipartisan Commission on Elections, which were designed to make cheating harder. So, for example, one of the chief recommendations of the Baker-Carter or Carter-Baker Commission uh, was to have laws that insisted on uh, voter IDs that to cover close any gaps where you could vote without an ID. And of course, the Democrats conducted a major campaign. Everybody in the country who's paying attention to politics knows the Democrats say um, that voter ID requirements for voter ID are voter suppression, Jim Crow 2.0, and just racism, which is another uh, demonstrable lie uh, because uh, minorities have voted in record numbers since uh, Republicans attempted to tighten uh, the requirement for voter IDs. And the second major recommendation made by that committee was not to, uh, not to employ un unsolicited paper ballots, hmm. because what you're doing is you're sending, like I, I think they sent out 90 million paper ballots. I, I got so, one in Virginia, David. Yeah. So, yeah. but but who were they sent to? They were sent to lists where you wouldn't know if the voter on the, that list was dead or alive, in the state or out of the state. Uh, voted three or four times by just collecting loose ballots around, uh, or was uh, a citizen. So the Democrats deliberately. Took the the model of the of Carter Baker reform recommendations and reversed all the recommendations, and this wound up, for example, in Pennsylvania, uh, ballot boxes was another thing they said was a bad idea, and harvesting ballots. And Dinesh D'Souza's made a really wonderful film showing how it was done, how you cheat with these ballot boxes. In Pennsylvania, uh, where the election rules, uh, the Democrats managed to get the election rules changed by Democrats, uh, not the state legislature as the Constitution requires, uh, but by the Supreme Court, which is controlled by Democrats. Uh, a, you had a ballot box, which means you don't have to go to the polls. And they're unguarded, which is why they're dangerous. Um, the ballot box for Democrat areas, which are urban, were one every four square miles. For Republican areas, rural, it was one every thousand square miles. 
So that, that, that's a way of tilting, uh, and particularly since elections in America are quite close. Uh, but anyway, my book isn't really technically about elections. It's about a party that's anti-American, criminal, and whose main agenda for the last 10 or 20 years has been to create a one-party state, beginning with the demonization of all Republicans. That Trump, uh, the idea that Trump is a white supremacist is laughable. He's a liberal nope. of course. <laughs> all for all his public life. Everybody knew Donald Trump. Nobody introduced him as the host of The Apprentice and a white, white supremacist. It's absurd. Of course. But Democrats can get away with it because the, they took over the universities, as you know, starting in the 70s. Uh, and they just trained people to be uh, communist apparatchiks. There's only they, they, one, one view. Well, well, I mean, here, you, you've written about Here's an issue, David, where we've got, as, as you put it, uh, uh, the one-party situation, the uniparty. But if, what, how do you explain this paradox of states like Pennsylvania and Georgia where you had Republican-dominated legislatures? Why didn't Republican politicians do something? Because Republic, Republicans don't like conflict, and they uh, and they, I, I don't, look. Here's the way I would describe what's going on with the uh, uh, Biden's, in particular's, uh, classified documents, which he illegally took, all of them. Uh, and no, no, nobody can figure out how he got some when he was a senator. Um, uh, here's how I would describe what's happened. That the Biden family, and scattered them, by the way, over areas like his office at UPenn, which was funded entirely by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, <clears throat> The Biden family has gotten wealthy by taking bribes from foreign powers, chief among them, China. What did Biden give them for that? That's the question, and nobody wants to ask it. Republicans are so polite. Uh, it has the stench of treason all over it. Uh, they made millions and millions of dollars uh, with the Chinese. Uh, with their middleman or their connector being an out-of-control drug addict. I mean, this is a scan. Well, it's worse than scandalous. Um, I think the most telling parts of my book, my book isn't just about elections. It's about yeah, the agendas. Yeah. Of the you, 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 go, you go into the border, you go into the pandemic, uh, many issues there and really how the Democratic Party I mean, David, it, the Democrats they're, shown they're very good at all these things, and they they're have. Criminals. They're shameless liars and they're gangsters. And why do I say that? Well, they've destroyed our border. They 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 let five million unknown, unvetted uh, aliens into the country. 
broke all our immigration laws, but they actually didn't make new laws. Uh, they just didn't enforce our, our the immigration laws we have. Uh, that that's unconstitutional and illegal. Biden is the chief executive. He's supposed to enforce the law, and by not enforcing, that's that. What is our country suffering from? Why are our cities overrun by criminals? Because Democrats are pro-criminal. They're not soft on criminals the way Republicans, uh, so polite they are. It's like they don't want to embarrass the people who want to destroy them. But uh, the, the Democrats aren't soft on crime. They're pro-crime. They see it as a socialist redistribution of wealth and reparations of all things. If, if the black community... And, and the best part of the black community won't have any part of the reparations claim. Once reparations, they should sue the Confederacy or they should sue the African governments that actually enslaved all the black slaves or virtually all of them in America. It's white people who made huge sacrifices to free them. We're, li we're living in a world where Disney is making these racist films that totally distort our history and ignore the fact that 360,000 mainly white people gave their lives to set African-Americans who had been enslaved by African kings and sold at auctions in Ghana and Benin, they gave their lives to free them. I mean, there should be gratitude towards white America, the white Americans who weren't slave owners, which is probably 98%. Uh, anyway. You were warning more than 20 years ago in, in books about the, the race politics and, and how, just how damaging and malicious uh, it, was, it was getting. Uh, that that the left had had big plans on this. How were your warnings received by in in the sort of the conservative sphere? Well, I think conservatives have by and large been nice to be, but they still can't believe that Democrats are as bad as they are. Let me give you another example. January second, twenty twenty one. Trump had just lost the uh, a rigged election. Uh, and the 2nd of January, four days before the infamous 6th, was the anniversary of Trump's order to kill General Qasem Soleimani, the world's leading terrorist. The Iranians put out a death threat on Trump. They said uh, Trump will not only be removed from office, but he will be removed from life. That was from Rouhani, the chief dictator. Um, so the security forces around the White House scrambled. The head of these forces was General Mark Milley, the man who wanted to study white rage. And General Mark Milley convened all these security meetings. And at these security meetings, he said, uh, Trump is Hitler. He said that stop the steel speech was the gospel of the Fuhrer and uh, Trump supporters were the guys we fought. These are all direct quotes in, in World War II. 
And I, where did I get them? I got them out of a, a book written by two Washington Post reporters who were very anti-Trump. This was praised by Anderson Cooper and these others, phony, these propagandists who pose as journalists, um, praised it for its constitutionality. We have a constitution which makes the president the commander in chief. We have supposed to have civilian control of the military. Here's an act of outright treason by a guy who's still the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That, that's what a sad state our country is in. Let's pause for a moment to ask if you were looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium. That's the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the university offers an exceptional liberal arts education with undergraduate and graduate programs in arts and sciences, business, and ministry, as well as a campus in Rome, Italy, all of them preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Let me come back to what you said about the border, the 5 million immigrants passing through illegally, the Democrats pushing this. What is the purpose? How do all of these illegal immigrants help the Democrat Party? The Democrat Party, for 50 years since the riots that Tom Hayden created to destroy Hubert Humphrey's election chances in the 68 election, the left steadily uh, sought to infiltrate my left of the 60s. We didn't like the Democrats. They, they were our enemies. But the Tom Hayden, Jane Fonda left infiltrated the Democrat Party and took it over, over a 50-year period. These people in the White House are radicals. They're not, they're not liberals. And I, it just kills me that Republicans still refer to them as liberals when they're obviously vindictive bigots. Um, <laughs> there's nothing liberal about them. They hate the First Amendment. And, um, but, but with Obama, they got one of their own. Obama was raised by communists and actually by a Soviet agent. And he's a very devious individual that's done enormous damage to this country, setting up Joe Biden. And what they want is they're communists, fascists. I prefer fascists because it makes them more uncomfortable. And there's really no difference between fascists and communists. But the fascists... Um, the, 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 the agenda is a communist state with the government or, you know, the difference between communism and fascism. Fascism, the corporations took orders from the Nazi party. And in, uh, in, in socialism or communism, you take over the means of production. But we already have the FBI... <laughs> you know, is employing Twitter employees or paying Twitter to spy on people. We have a secret police. We're well advanced into a totalitarian state. Uh, and, and that's why I think there's a real danger that they, if they see the chance, they will end our elect, the elections altogether. David, do you remember the well, days you know, when, when liberals, if they heard 
that our, our FBI and CIA were pressuring and infiltrating uh, large media companies. Remember the days when liberals would have been absolutely astounded and been marching in the streets against this? Of course. There, there, what happened? There's nothing about the left. What happened is the Tom Haydens, Tom Hayden, let's not forget, got a, what's the highest civilian honor from Clinton? He was a Democrat. National Medal of Freedom? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, Ilhan Omar is a terrorist. We have a terrorist caucus, that whole squad. They're terrorists. They raise money for the terrorists. They conduct propaganda for the terrorists. They hate America. They're racists. Um, you know, and Ilhan Omar comes by it honestly. Her father served one of the most vicious dictators. He was in the government as a propagandist for one of the most vicious dictators in Africa, in all Africa. Yeah. Uh, How did the Democrats use the, the pandemic for political purposes? Oh, they used it right at the outset. Trump, the minute it was declared, first of all, the China, it was a biological weapon, as anybody who, who understands communism and understands that the Wuhan lab is run by the Chinese communist military, would know that that was a biological weapon to begin with. The Chinese concealed that it was contagious. Um, and, and the minute the World Health Organization uh, announced that it was, that there was a pandemic going on, Trump barred Chinese immigration, tried Chinese visitors. It was the, the new, Lunar New Year and the Chinese Communist government sent out millions of infected Chinese that infected the world and eventually cost the lives of 9 million people. The Democrats denounced Trump as a xenophobe and a hysteric and a racist for doing that. Um, so the Democrats, as, as people like to say, weaponized the epidemic from the, the get-go. When you look at the course of the left, going back to the 60s, when, when you were in the middle of it, do you have to say that, that the left's spread of, of ideas, that this is one of the most successful political operations in all of Western history? Yeah, and, and, it, and it, it's completely incoherent. Um, I actually have another book in which I tell this, but, you know, the intersectionality, the favorite theory of the left of multiple oppressions and ranked oppressions so that a black female lesbian is at the bottom of an alleged hierarchy of oppression in America. Yet, and so, so they're supposed to be powerless, right? Yet these black lesbians of Black Lives Matter um, tore up over 200 cities, set them on fire, caused $7 billion in damage, got $100 million in contributions, uh, and then spent it on mansions for themselves. And they're, they're still living in them and walking free. So uh, 
forgive me for saying that this this theory that comes out of Columbia University is idiotic. And, uh, you know, I've never seen the left at a more a lower intellectual or moral level than it is now. When I was describing myself in the 60s as a Marxist revolutionary, I never would have supported these Nazi experiments on pubescent children uh, who are somewhat confused about their gender, so you chemically castrate them and alter their lives forever. Uh, an unbelievable abuse of children, unbelievable crime against children, and has the support of the Democrat Party. That that is is the is the the LGBTQ thing that wasn't. That wasn't the seeds of that weren't there in the sixties on the sixties left. No, they weren't. Look, it's one thing to tolerate, as America does, uh, what's called diversity. It's quite another to license these people to persecute other groups. The Equality Act that the Democrats, as Nancy Pelosi, is one of her two major legislations would punish people who are Christians who, who, who don't believe in, uh, who aren't supportive of homosexuality and would persecute them, force their hospitals to do mastectomies on these little girls uh, on the pain of being thrown in jail. They're totalitarians. The most, the most aggressive bigots in America are the LGBTQ leaders and organizations. I did, when I was, I don't, I, don't, I still, I, I was, I had left the left. When I had just left the left, I did a series of stories, one with Peter Collier, on AIDS, um, and on, on how the, Organizations that led the gay community were all leftists from the 60s and were destroying the public health system. And Fauci was, he was the head of the CDC guy then. Um, what they did was they lied to the gay community and said, um, and, and didn't tell them that the main source, the main transmission belt of AIDS was passive anal sex. I, mean, I, I interviewed the heads, head of the CDC uh, and the, who was fighting AIDS, and I said, when are, when are they going to have contact tracing? When are you going to use the public health methods to stop this epidemic? And he said, when enough people are dead. And it never happened. Hmm. I, was, I remember being horrified by calculus. I knew that the... Um, number of people infected was doubling every six months. And I said, wow, in 10 years, there are going to be hundreds of thousands dead. And, you know, Republicans were afraid to touch the issue. Um, You know, and this fantasy that gays are being hunted down all over America um, and that it's, you know, Catholic Church that's the problem or Christians are the problem is so sinister. Um, who's blowing up the um, 
pregnancy clinics in this country. I mean, this is a death cult. Hmm. This is, you know, I have nothing uh, positive to say about political left. Do, do, do you see, anymore. I mean, you talk about Republican fear. Do you see coming some younger, new Republican politicians who aren't afraid? Yeah, I think, well, especially among young people. Look at the uh, O'Keefe's and the Charlie Kirk's um, who are willing to take on the left. Uh, we have people going to jail for taping Planned Parenthood leaders talking about selling the body parts of the children that they murder. Uh, it's, I, there, there's a lot. I think the most significant thing that there's two most significant things that have happened. One is Trump has created the first conservative mass movement in the history of the country. When I came into the right 45 years ago or so, I looked around and said, where's the ground army? The left has all these organizations uh, that harass CEOs of companies, threaten them with boycotts and calling them racist and losing customers if they don't toe the left's party line. Uh, and doing that to legislators and the heads of philanthropic foundations as well, very successfully. And there was never anything on the right like that until Trump came along uh, and created um, these mass uh, rallies. Well, we will we'll see what happens in 2024. For now, the book is, I mean, a lot of our discussion really is, I, I didn't really directly tie it to the book, but you bring up a lot of these issues throughout the book. But the book is Final Battle, The Next Election Could Be the Last. David Horowitz, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.